Oh, really? Yeah. A rider. Yeah. He's going to demand a rider. Yeah, to turn up on this podcast. Clearly he does think he's the most important person in the podcast. Who, Roland Dean? No, you sound engineer. Right, come on, let's get into it. I'm glad you're here. Um, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Yeah? Feeling a bit better now that I'm back in the game. Right, I heard you had a badly swollen foot. It's actually only 10 inches. And yes, ladies, he's still single. Welcome to episode 25 of the Racing Cast, where we hope you're flipping like a super you to hear us again. I'm the Warpster, and joining me is the podcast ASO. Um, <clears throat> g'day, everybody. Uh, listen, after uh, some fairly heavy pondering in the last few weeks, Warpster, mm. I'd like to not be referred to as the social media DSO anymore. Really? No, I'm all out of dickhead standard. What? I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm finished. There are too many dickheads on social media. They've won. You've given up. I've, no, I've given up being the dickhead standards officer. You've given up fighting the good fight. I have to... I, I, I'm sorry. It's been a challenging month or so, but social media has finally worn me down. Um, there are just too many fuckwits on social media, especially when it comes to motorsport in this country. Okay, are you willing to be the podcast blank? Um, let me think about what I'd like you to call me. Okay, fair enough. Actually, mm-hmm. you can call me Loretta. <laughs> it's my right to have babies. Okay, and uh, on a slightly less somber note, reintroducing the man, the, the myth, myth, the legend. legend. and gentlemen good to be back yes thanks very much for cutting into your busy schedule yep um i have to admit though i'm a little bit uh, perturbed by the fact that we're going a bit down in sort of terms of racing experience yeah we've gone from matt powers and lee partridge to to, um this pleb you're just jealous yeah right Mm. righto so plenty to get through the last few weeks has brought some of the Far more prestigious events mm. on the international racing calendar. Um, the Indy 500. Yeah, Monaco. I think Le Mans was three weeks ago. Yeah, yep, and, yep. And, and the most glamorous event of them all. The XL's racing at Winton. Very good. Yep, let's go with yeah, that. Yeah, let's go with that. That's, yep. that's clearly prestigious. That's clearly the best thing. So this episode, Warbster, we're going to focus on supercars and their circus. Yep. Uh, and I think we'll record a second episode today if we can make all this work beautifully. But mm-hmm. uh, we'll touch on supercars, but it won't all be supercars. Next, so- next episode will sort of be everything else. So sort of your TCRs, your national racing roundup, all the regular stuff that we haven't done for a while. Yeah, we might have a bit of a rant or two in both oh, episodes. definitely. Yeah. Talk about so, the weather. Um, anyway... Scotty, Betty, Roland and the rest of the circus rolled into Perth for the first super night race held out west. Uh, Warbster Sound Engineer, I was lucky enough to be over there for that one and it was uh, it was pretty cool. Um, it, was, it was pretty dark. It was pretty, was pretty bright. It was pretty dark on the outside. Uh, crowd was a bit down, but that's another story. And then after that, we went to Winton. Yeah, you and I were lucky enough to be there, town yeah. engineer. What the, would you, what, how would you describe Winton? Oh, I'd describe it as the gateway to hypothermia. All right, now, fellas. Yeah. Now, what's cooler than being cool? Ice cold. No one drove us here. 
few weeks after that, they are all assembled in Darwin at the beginning of the Northern Swing, which will continue in Townsville next as of next as of as of recording next weekend. Absolutely. So we can summarise all three weekends thus. Scotty Mac dominated every race except when Fabs nicked one off him and the Holden teams are seemingly powerless to do anything about the number 17 Mustang. So, Mr. DSO, you were at both Perth and Winton. Uh, what was the feeling on the ground amongst sort of the, the punters and the and the teams and the, the general public? Was there is there a resentment to this? Or? Um, I think part of the reason I don't want to be the dickhead standards officer anymore is that the resentment isn't against Scotty Mack. The resentment is about the moving feast that is the rules. Mm. Um, feeling on the ground is that we've got a rule book. Why do we keep playing with the rule book? Mm. To the point where last round at Darwin, we've stopped nobbling the Mustang, but we've given a concession to the Holden. Well, we've, we've got a little bit more detail on that later. And mm. that where does is, the Nissan come into this? We've got yeah. a bit There's more a detail on that as well. That's, <laughs> and Nissan's, Nick, sort of, Nissan's sort of the bastard orphan of they supercars just, well, the at thing the moment. Is, no, hang on. They don't have Roland, it's, so it doesn't matter if they're not winning. So it's the orphan mm. and the Erebus. Merck is the bastard orphan. <laughs> no, but it's kind of when you think about it, it's a bit fucked. Well, that's a lovely way going, of putting it. We're going, we're going into that a bit later. But the Erebus orphan bastard didn't do too badly, considering their uprights are basically part of the reason the Erebus sassy is so much better than its Walken short roots. Yes, absolutely. Wink, 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 um, wink indeed. And, anyway, uh, noticeable. And speaking of Erebus, Betty gave away. Um, Half a Tats Lotto ticket on the weekend. She did indeed. Or during the week. Uh, she did indeed. Yeah. Um, but Barry the bus driver. Barry the, Barry the bus driver. <laughs> Barry, your mate. My mate, Barry the bus driver. If you're listening, Baz, I take it all back, mate. You, uh, Anton's come ahead in leaps and bounds. And you've got a vested interest in him doing well now because you own 50% of the number 99 wreck. The great Alphonse Motorsport Investigator, who is mm. the father of the DSO, mm. rang me... What DSO? There isn't a DSO anymore. Oh, yeah, right of me. Rang rang me wanting to know what half of the car Barry's got. Mm. So he's not a very clever man, my father. I had to try and explain to him that it's 50% of the wreck. And I said, well, if you want it, he wanted half. He wanted the right-hand side because that's where the driver sits. Surely you want the front-hand side. But apparently Betty's given him the left front and the right rear, which if you were at Triple Eight, you wouldn't want to be the right front, would you? Or any car Jamie Winkop sat in this year. Oh, yeah. Alrighty. Notable by his absence at Winton from Sunday onwards was Richie Stanaway, who is allegedly suffering from serious neck injury after a hard impact during the Saturday qualifying. Allegedly. Well, yeah. I mean, again, when you read social media, apparently the chip on his shoulders was causing his neck injury, but that could be a little bit unfair. Mm. I'd believe that. Reigning Super 2 champion Chris Pithis. Sorry, sorry. For Garth from Wanneroo. That's Cross Puffer. Oh, sorry, sorry. Reigning Super 2 champion, Cross Puffer. Thank you. Stepped in on the uh, Sunday, and due to Pither's enduro eligibility... Ineligibility. Or well, eligibility hinging on them not racing any further with yep. him. Uh, Michael Caruso steps in for Townsville. So, upon the mention of Michael Caruso, let's mm. segue completely off script, as I tend to do, Warbster, into other podcasts. We were going to do this in the future, but okay, yep, all right. All right. Go. Uh, I was lucky enough mm-hmm. to have five or ten minute chat with David Reynolds mm. at Winton, who's the other half. Who's the of, other um, half beneath of the bonnet? Uh, bumper, uh, 
Behind the bonnet. Behind the bonnet. Behind my apologies. Bonnet. No. Yeah. Under the Did bonnet. Did you last? Below the bonnet. Below the bonnet. Shows how much we know about other podcasts. Yeah. Did you last? Yeah, no, well, we went all... We went well. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, my God. That's comedic genius from the man who's uh, been on the bench for about three months. I've been bottling it up. Yuck. Just like you had been. Oh, please. Dave... You did tell me you were going to have a listen. You did ask me if we were able to swear. I said, we swear a lot, but we beep them out. And this is our mutual shout out. So yeah. you've got to so, come back. Yeah. You, true to your word, David Reynolds, you've got to come back and give the Racing Insiders Warbs to cast a shout out on your podcast. It, I can't remember the name of it, but Beneath the Bonnet or Below the Bonnet. Below the Bonnet. Below the Bonnet. Yep. Okay, whatever. Yep. It's, it's, a good, it's, a good, it's a good podcast. And, and AVLs are good on it as well. Yep. The yeah. only thing, mm-hmm. they're just what you'd expect from race drivers mm-hmm. in the public. They're just a little bit careful. That's my only, my only criticism. Good podcast, entertaining. Actually, <laughs> Ryan Walkinshaw episode was sensational. If you haven't heard yeah. it, you've got to listen yeah. to that one. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, look, it's, it's a good podcast, but it's a bit safe. That's all I'll say. But yeah, they've, they've, they've still got to keep everybody sweet because AVL needs his sources. Dave needs to not get himself in trouble again. Mm. And Caruso wants to drive. Yeah. So what do you expect? Yes. But considering what's happened with sporting people in the last couple of months, doesn't surprise me the slightest. Back to Winton. So apart from David Reynolds suffering me speaking to him, also suffering at Winton was Will Davo, who had what Tim Edwards termed a spline misalignment that caused the 23 red car to stop near the gum tree over the back inside of uh, almost turn five yep. with a lack of drive. Mm. And to address this issue, we're joined by Tim Edwards. Tim Edwards, thanks very much for your time. Yeah, thanks for the invite, mate. No worries. And uh, your specialist subject today is drivetrain components. Uh, yes, it is, yes. Yeah. You feeling nervous, Tim? Uh, no, it's less nerve-wracking than watching Chaz go through Forest Elbow. Right, you didn't quite make it to Forest Elbow, but I know what you're talking about. Mm. Fair enough. Okay, your time starts now. How does a drive shaft spline align? Well, the teeth of the shaft mesh with the teeth uh, in the input gears of the uh, diff mode. Correct. And what would cause this meshing to fail? Uh, a lot of factors. The shaft could break or be worn. The gears could crack and fail. The heat tempering process could have been done wrong. Many factors, really. Many, many factors. So, you just mentioned tempering. You lose your tempering a hell of a lot especially on tv uh yes yes well generally when the sky's falling in uh people tend to get a bit pissed off okay so back to your last answer correct what causes these components to become misaligned uh usually because someone didn't do up the bolts that hold the transaxle in correct and time congratulations tim you have won one race i wasn't supposed to say that no we all knew don't worry about it don't don't, don't tell anyone no 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 it's okay no 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 don't worry about it tim no thanks very much for your time okay and ladies and gentlemen a big round of applause First time on the podcast, Tim Edwards. Did I win anything? No. Just like your race team. (laughs) (laughs) And he's stuck in the car park outside. He'd better clean up that pool of oil before Mrs. Deer so gets home. Well, um, staying on the Will Davo incident, um, something rather annoyed you, Mr. DSO, just or formerly known as The artist DSO. formerly known as the DSO. You're just going to have we're, a symbol we are gonna wear as your that profile out. picture. We're going to wear that out in about the next four or five minutes. Warbster, yes, the safety car. 
And the so, fact that it, I mean it was it was called it was called out on social media. A lot of the online experts who have driven you closer to the edge yep. have been going on about unnecessary um, unnecessary yellows to compact the field. Yep. There was a story that wasn't communicated very well behind that, and I think it's probably appropriate that you be the one to discuss it. Once upon a time, in a previous existence as a motorsport official, I was... In a land, land far away that land, may be near Benel. In a land, land far away, yes, somewhere out near Greta West. I uh, have been known to, over the years, drive the first intervention safety vehicle at the Winton track and at supercars. And all of my uh, former and current uh, race officials would know that Davo's car was in a perfectly safe place. He was out over the wall. What a lot of people don't know, and this was really, really badly communicated by supercars, was at the time there was a medical emergency taking place within the circuit. Now, a fairly senior official, uh, I really, I probably could say his name, but I'm not going to, had reported through on the radio that he was under some discomfort and was suffering from some chest pains. As a complete precaution, which is absolutely the right thing to do, the safety car was dispatched to bring the field under control and the medical car, so not the Dr. Carl medical car, the circuit FIV medical car, went across behind the field into the infield, picked up the aforementioned official and he was conveyed to the medical center for examination and checks. He subsequently went to the local hospital and I'm happy to be able to report that he's fine and back on deck uh, was back on deck at Darwin. What's really, really poor, and I think was communicated terribly by supercars, was that the commentators should have known. They didn't have to give details. They could have walked, could have stepped around it just like I've done, and then the public would actually understand that it was a genuine reason. The other thing that probably would have done is given the sport a little bit of credibility that they are looking out for their officials. Mm-hmm. Warbster? Yeah, I mean, I was disappointed because everyone's so quick to jump on conspiracy theories mm. and say, "Oh, no, never going to guess, to... never going to guess that one, were they?" Yeah, but the thing is, is that the sport in general does not communicate very well when it comes to the actual nitty gritty stuff. Supercars in general, uh, uh, well, supercars and motorsport in general, they're very good at doing puff pieces. They're very good at doing the the soft touch stuff. When it comes to actual information they tend to shy away from it. And it would have been very easy to say, okay, medical car's been scrambled, something's going on, this is why the safety car's out. Exactly. No need for no need to throw anyone on the bus or say someone's having a heart attack or induce panic, mm. but actually get the facts across. Yep. Well, it wasn't a heart attack. It was, it, it was you know, there, there were some symptoms Being of something that could have been something worse. Yeah. But absolutely, 100 million percent, the correct thing to do mm. was intervene the race and get medical assistance out and take him back to the medical centre. The you can never be too careful. I mean, the problem Absolutely. is... If, the... if it was me out in the middle sound engineer, or you, I'd hope that exactly the same thing happened, that the, the same level of uh, care and medical attention was given, or yeah. any of the other volunteer officials. So basically, to all the armchair experts, think a little bit before you start running your mouth. And to the supercars hierarchy, and especially those involved in the communication side, think about what you're actually doing because it's all gloss and no substance. And the substance is what irritates the living shit out of fans. Moving on from that, regardless, the red team struggle continues. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's no surprise that more technical changes came, starting with a front aero adjustment on the ZB Commodore from Darwin onwards. Warpster? No, the under tray was extended and angled more to be the same as the specification on the Mustang and on the new homologation Altima. Is that the old, old, new No, that's the one they did at the end of last year. Right, that hasn't really worked that well. Well, yes, but the point is, is that they're now all the same size, so I'd, nobody's got room to uh, complain. I'd like you to, from now till the end of the year, <coughs> refer to the Altima as the Bastard Orphan Datsun. Can you do that for me, please? You have enough trouble getting me to call it a Datsun. Yeah, thank you. Well, you mm. just did then. Yeah. Boom, tish. Righto. Part of this may have had to do with Roger Penske and a representative of Ford Performance allegedly meeting with supercars and stating firmly but politely that the Mustang wouldn't be altered any further. There's no allegedly it happened. Yeah, well, I know because I caught a cab from the airport to the hotel with the bloke who runs the most successful Ford performance dealership outside of the US. He told me. If you haven't worked out who it is... You're not going to find out. He's he's a biblical king. The announcement and media handling of the ZB tweet was spectacularly botched, as usual. I think the Seamster came out and said, oh, no, we weren't keeping it a secret much. He's the Seamster. But the point He's is, always is seen. The, the, the thing He's is seamless. Though, He's seamless. The point is, though, is that it's not a matter of keeping it a secret. It's a matter of all you had to do was say, "Hey, we're looking at things. We're reviewing things. We're trying to do the job better." No, we're trying to make the show more even. Is what you're trying to don't say. Don't get me started on the show. Oh, the show. Do not get me. Started it's all about the show. When are you gonna? Are you? Are you gonna blow your top? I'm the gonna. Show? I'm gonna uncork on that one at one point. Okay, so ladies, it's always, it's it's all always been about, about the show, and the, it's getting worse about the show. Yeah, it's only about what's on TV. That's where all the money comes from. Not for much longer. Yeah, worked well mm. for NASCAR. Yeah, absolutely worked well for NASCAR. Mm. Change had apparently been tested and okayed by Triple Eight at a recent driver evaluation day. I think that was the one that was for um, Jasmine Jafar, but yeah. more on that later. Absolutely. And implemented with a little last-minute fab work in the Darwin pit lane. So did it work, and was the ch- change justified? Look at the results. You'd have to say. They were, they were under... <laughs> Triple Eight, yet again, were all at sea in qualifying at Darwin. They had the car on hard compression stands. They were underneath the car, changing shit with about four and a half minutes to go in the qualifying session in Van Gisbergen's car. They are so at sea, it's not funny. Okay, what about the other Holden teams? They're more at sea than (laughs) refugees trying to come to Australia and getting turned back. Thanks, Scott Morrison. (laughs) That's gone all political air sandwich in here. Anyway... but, Sorry, oh, okay, other, let's, hang on, the other let's Holden look, teams? Let's look at the other Holden teams. One in particular. Our boys. Your boys. Our boys. Our your, boys. Your boy, my boy, our favourite girl, Barry the bus driver, Bruin the bear, I mean Beasley. They uh, they're smashing it. <laughs> they're smashing they are smashing it. it. They, are they are absolutely park. They are Erebus, yeah. uh, far and away the best of the rest, followed very closely by... BJR. The crash magnet team from Aubrey. I mean, how much... How many crashes can a bloke have in number in a number of years? Erebus is smashing it metaphorically. BJR <laughs> is smashing it literally. Yes. But they're quick. They're very quick. They're quick. They're very quick, yes. Quick, they're not consistent. They're quick, they're but quick. loose. They're loose, but fast. Is that they're like fast. cold trickle? <laughs> so, uh, Hang on, have they hit the pace car yet? <laughs> 
I was about to say Fandigisbergen's been off the boil. No, that was a medical car. No, that's um, exactly right. But anyway, no, I think I think the change was justified because you've now given another point where you've got equality, so nobody can complain about it. Yep. I think that equality. That's equality. Missing. No, but the thing is, <laughs> that's inequality. The thing I is, know. I think that. Oh, I finally wrote it. Tell you what, I'm slow today. <laughs> Like okay, that. back back to the back to back to the point here. No, TCR's equality. Oh yeah. No, the women's series. Sorry, Warbster. Back to what? Back from back from our segue yes. to, to the actual point of the exercise. Right. Um, I think that Burjo and Campbell Little inherited an absolute fucking mess on the technical shh, side. Shh, shh. Don't talk too much about the previous technical right? Talking about the previous. No, no, no. Okay, just keep going. I think they inherited a fucking mess. And I think that um, they're trying to get it together. They're, they're getting there. But the fact is, they're, they're having to do all of this in the field because what wasn't tested properly in the first place? Lots of things. Specifically, in this case, aero. Barring Scotty Mack, you'd have to say it's pretty even. Oh, it's absolutely even. And he is in the winner's zone. Mm. Nothing else but in the winner's zone. Hey, seriously, you could put him in a high end XL in that field at the moment and he'd go out there and probably still qualify in the top 20 I don't think he would in Liam's one because it's not finished yet yeah mm. yeah hi Liam get off your ass, Liam finish that bloody sports yeah team. I can't wait to see it yeah it'd be great if you could have it ready for Sandown where we're all going to be mm. the quickest oh, no, sports in Australia no they're not racing at Sandown it's the hot dog round okay <clears throat> so yeah barring Scotty Mack it seems like everything's Back on a level-ish, although Triple Eight's still struggling, but that's Triple Eight's fault. Mm-hmm. It would stand to reason to even up the Altima a bit more now. Yeah, well, I've got a little bit of insider knowledge. If if you care for me to spill yeah, it, please. Yeah, go. Please. So, hang on. hang on. Who were you talking to? Someone who works at Nissan at Kelly Brothers at Racing. At Kelly Brothers Racing. Yep. Where were you talking to this person? Winton. Right. Anyway. I know I know who you were talking to. Anyway. Does this person no, shut up. No. Okay, keep going. Anyway, so not Andre, is it? No, it's no, not. no, no. Okay. I know. So this anyway, they too. was they were saying that at the start of the year when the Mustang was doing parody testing and the ZB brought stuff along for parody testing as well, they did a new aero kit and it was they pulled it out and they said that's not gonna be viable. Before even testing it. So they said that, it's not who, gonna be Who's so supercars? Supercars. So Nissan had developed an aero kit. Yeah. They brought it out. This would have. They been... didn't even get the chance to put it on the car. Right. Supercars kiboshed it. Yep. Okay. Well, you're saying an Australian regulatory governing body screwed Nissan. That's never happened before. No. That's that's an interesting. I did remember seeing you having a conversation over there. Good, good, good. Did you hear yeah, the good tell detect- stuff? That was. That See, was good if you hadn't me. been here. Yeah, we wouldn't know that. We wouldn't know. And that's possibly your first scoop. <laughs> you could become Alphonse the Great Investigators. You, you could, could become you could become better than James... Fe- oh, no, wait. You're already better than James Phelps. Yes. So next year, bigger change for some. Mm-hmm. Yep. The control- Allegedly, they're talking about a control damper. They're actually taking submissions at the moment. So tender process is open. Three main current suppliers. Ollens, Sachs. Oh, God. And Super Shop. So if you if they go to Super Shock as the control damper, mm. they're going to have to go back to Sunday morning warm ups. 
No, they can't because yeah, the, the to... shocks will be in a million pieces. No, no, no. They have to go back to Sunday morning warm-ups. So between the warm-up and the start of the race, the garage door's down and the car's in a million pieces and Oscar's saying, it's okay, Craig, I can guarantee to get this double-O Falcon going faster. True story. So why are there only three submissions? Sad but true. Sad but true. Why are there only three submissions? Because there's only three supplies at the moment. Yeah. So remember what we said about the original transaxle tender specification being so bent, Elbins was the most likely to win? Uh, Yes. Because it was built off a specification that Albans already had that transaxle lying around. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So this time, a certain specification laid out in the bidding documents mandated a 15mm shaft. How many of the suppliers use a 15mm shaft? Uh, that'd be one. Sax. And who uses sax? No idea. Dunno. Not a fucking clue. Oh, fucking me neither. To be honest, mate, I've got no fucking idea. Are you talking to me? Uh, Roland. <laughs> I told you, I fucking run this sport. We know, and we have the names of who are helping you, but more on that after we listen to Tim. So we need to go safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags. This is my army. Our army. We might wear the same uniform, but we all have our own stories. There are no limits to what I can achieve for myself and for others. This is my army. Discover yours. This week at Shannon's, we pay tribute to one of Australasia's greatest motorsport competitors, Jim Richards. Just really stunned for words. I can't believe the reception. Yeah, Jim, the Warbster and I would like to apologise for uh, not having you on this podcast sooner. I thought Australian race fans had a lot more to go than this. This is going to remain with me for a long time. Shannon shares your passion. Call Shannon's on 13 46 46. Shannon's insurance for motoring enthusiasts. This is the army, my army. We wear a red or blue uniform. We all post our own stories. There are no limits to the bullshit I can say, as myself and to others. This is my army, the Keyboard Warrior Army. To join the Keyboard Warrior Army, Go to www.pointlessmotorracingclickbait.com Welcome back to the Racing Cast, where we have absolutely no access to the Cortina. Not for lack of trying on your behalf, and onto the future of supercars, and a chat about the DSO's favourite dude, Paul Morris. Indeed, he's at the centre of a few things, Warbster. Um, stadium super trucks for starters, or as Scrody would say... Oh, do you mean the jumpy trucks are coming back? Quite possibly, Scrope. Stadium super trucks are allegedly close to a peace deal with hashtag my mates. Not a peace deal with cams. Not a lot of details are public given the proceedings are being done legally as per the provisions of the CMA. Sorry. Not necessarily. Anything you want to tell me? No, not the, nothing that I can tell. There is nothing I can tell you about the conversation I had in the front of the hire car between Perth and Wanneroo. Okay. 
Fair enough. Well, anyway, um, we we went through all of this in episode 20, as uh, long-term listeners will remember, and both sides will want to have the details sorted before announcing anything. So, even if any things are happening behind the scenes, Paul Morris has said that on um, Dude and the Enforcer. Yep. But obviously, he's keeping his powder dry until uh, he knows what's, exactly what's going on. Here's one for Does you. Does he have a license? A CAMS... Does he have a CAMS, what's it called, visa? Oh, Paul Morris? No, not Paul Morris. Paul Tracy? No. Paul McDermott? Paul Keating? No, Robbie Gordon, you idiots. Oh, right. I don't know if he's got a CAMS visa, but I do know that there is a fairly large opening at the Gold Coast 600 schedule. Mm. Are they wheeling the ramps in already? There is more than room for another category. Especially after GT are still in, a peace deal with Stadium Super Trucks makes sense on a lot of levels, especially given the major sponsor of Stadium Super Trucks pre-ban now sponsors, and we have it on very good authority, is almost the owner of his own supercar team. Uh, that would be Mr. Boost Mobile, Peter Addison. And the Australian fixer for Stadium Super Trucks is, is looking to buy supercars off Archer Capital. Uh, we have hinted at it on posts and in comments, so... Here's the deal. It is a consortium of four gentlemen who will we will go through and explain why they're the ones for the job. So, we've been sitting on this Warbster since April. At least. Middle of April. I ran it by the media dude I bumped into in Perth and the colour drained out of his face. And that was mid-May. That was early, second week of May. Yeah, we've been on this for a long time. First up, Paul Morris. So we've got a bit of a head start on the dude's background from when we've delved into the Toker Australia stuff in episode 20, his team ownership previously with Nemo Racing, the Norwell Complex, and that Terry Morris, the dollary dude's dad, is another one who knows what to do with his money, and he has loads of it. Uh, Though he was one of the first rich guy's sons in uh, the sport that cops loads of crap from everyone in the day, the dude has subsequently shown the business skills and a willingness to help the sport that would make him invaluable to a bid like this. Absolutely. I'd also like to deviate from my script for once instead of allowing you to do it and say, Gary Rogers isn't going to be around forever and I think that Paul Morris will be taking his role in the future. As the... As the voice of reason. As the voice of reason, and also as the one who's willing to stump up and actually give the young talent that doesn't have all the cash a chance. Secondly, Warbster, we have a gentleman by the name of Jasman Jafar, who we've christened Jazzy. Uh, He's a Malaysian driver who's made it in Europe as far as Formula 2 before moving on to other things. His father built up the Hectare real estate property development empire before his ultimate passing about two years ago. And you've got with a worth of at least 400 million AU, can't track down a solid number. I've since heard from Mm -hmm. a contact of mine who spends a lot of time in Asia and the Middle East, you might be a zero short. Mm. We're talking potentially a billion dollars US uh, the fortune was worth when his father passed away. Yeah, but there's also other investors and, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the business, not himself personally. So I've, yep. gone, I've gone on the low side, but the fact is, 
he's got a fair amount to, of money all lying around. Yeah, got a fair bit of cash. So figure on him being a money man and a key contact on any Asian expansion plans. Yep. Uh, given Jafar has a lot of clout within the Southeast Asian scene. Absolutely. Especially within the Malaysian scene, given everyone knows everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of to do business, you do need to have a native there. So, so, third, so Pang's looking like a good good bet. Absolutely. Third one, I'm going to leave this one to you. <laughs> Tunkul Abdul Rahman Hassanal Jeffrey Ibni Sultan Ibrahim, who, who we will refer to as Jeff because I'm not repeating that lot again. All right. So Jeff is a gentleman racer who races Asian GT with Jafar in astoundingly a T888 prepared Merc. Mm. He is the fifth child of Sultan Ibrahim Ismail, the head of state of Malaysia's Johor province. Uh, so another one with access to loads and loads of money. Uh, one of the most eligible royals in the world. He has a reputation as being into a lot of sports. Polo is another one of his main loves. And he doesn't really do social media. So tracking down a lot of details in terms of where the money goes, where the money's coming from is a bit difficult. I'm following him on Insta. Mm-hmm. Very, very, uh, very straight edge. Mm. Very straight edge Insta. Yes, but that's partly because the eyes are on him and in Malaysia you've got to act a certain way being the son of the Sultan. So absolutely. He does have access to loads of money because his father, Sultan Ibrahim, has um, stakes in telecommunications and real estate, as well as access to anyone that, who matters in Malaysia. Figure on he and Jafar acting as a block within the Gang of Four given their existing ties. We will christen them Jazzy Jeff. So, we have Jazzy Jeff. Where's the Fresh Prince? Here, homies, drop me a beat. About how my life got flipped, turned upside down And I'd like to take a minute to sit right there I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Banyo In Western Europe, born and raised On a car lot, that's where I spent most of my days Chilling out, maxing, relaxing or hard Selling dodgy motors outside in the yard a couple of guys who weren't quite a full bean Started making trouble in my racing team Got one little fight and my wife got scared She said, you moving with me and the kids to Queensland? I asked for a team and when it come near Briggs says it was good and the price wasn't here If anything I could say the super cab was there But I thought nah this gear going to Banyo I pulled up to the shop about 7 or 8 And I yelled to the driver Go home getting loungy Looked at my kingdom I was ready to go To sit my throne as the Prince of Banyo Yo, 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 yo Warbstar I can't believe I'm rapping Ladies and gentlemen, this is not Roland. Working the mics, taking it home. I'm gonna own supercars. So Roland will be turning it into V Triple Eight supercars after all, internet fans. Uh, however, some of you will be saying conflict of interest, given he still owns his team but he doesn't own a lot of it. Yeah, 55% he currently owns, and 
There's no reason he can't transfer that ownership to uh, young Jessica. No, there isn't. Uh, the rest has been gradually sold off and is currently held by Tim Miles, Jamie Winkup and Paul Dombrell. Yeah, which we've touched on in uh, previous episodes. So in terms of credibility, Dane's built the series' most successful team in history and he was a long-time member of the Supercars board as a team's representative. While some consider him to be Satan's representative on Earth, he is a smart businessman with startling similarities to another successful series promoter. Grew up and grow up in diminished circumstances in uh, the British Isles. Sold a lot of used cars. Drove himself for a little while, then decided he wasn't very good at it. Started helping along other um, drivers in their careers, young blokes. Went into team ownership. Does this sound familiar to someone? It does sound a little bit familiar, Warpster. But I think the essential difference is Bernie sold his race series to a venture capital company, whereas Roland's going to buy one from one. So it's time to look at our next entrant in... Top Drive Wheel of Fortune! Yes, that's right. Australia's favourite game show is back. Could somebody win the main prize? A new car? Yes, welcome to the wheel and introducing our next contestants, Dave and Anton. The Erebus pair are hot property, being big components in the renaissance of Team Betty that's seen them become the best Holden team around. Dave Reynolds is an accomplished veteran who's unlocked the best of the ZB and is currently leading the non-Mustang division of the championship. Dave has said on his and Caruso's show that he's 95% staying with Erebus. Any reason to doubt it? One word answer, no. No. Anton Di Pasquale is a second year youngster who's had his ups and downs, but you can see the learning process at play. His occasional pushing of his team leader shows there's more to come. Does Anton, or more importantly, the dude, see a better home for him? One word answer, no. No. While we're here, into previous contestants, and specifically, Chaz Mostert, in our debut, Buy or Sell. The following segment was recorded one week prior to the Townsville round of the Supercars Championship, when all the big news broke. Auto Action have said he's been spotted at uh, Dejar Team Penske, which was watered down immediately. Uh, do we buy or sell that, boys? Uh, I buy that. Yeah, I'd buy that. And I sell and it. You sell it? I do. What? Everyone's saying Scotty Max off to NASCAR. Maybe. No, I don't buy that. Okay. I don't buy that. No, because Penske would need to. Penske would already know. Yep. If he was off, they'd know. And if they if they know that, they're going to go after somebody. Correct. Fabs has done enough to stick around. Maybe. No, I think he's done enough to stick around. I mean, okay, he's behind Scotty Mack, but so is everyone else. So, second best to the rest. Pretty much. Yep. Okay. So I, I don't, I don't sell, I don't, I don't buy that. I could see why other people might. Righto. So we'll go with BMW have said to have offered him roles overseas. Do we buy or sell that? I um, buy that it's the, the offers there. I don't buy that he's going to take it. No, I sell it one hundred percent because I don't think there's enough over there for him. He wants to race. He wants to race all the time. Mm. And BMW are actually stepping their World Motorsport program back. Uh, similar to what Paul Morris said, I sell that as well simply because the only places he's going to want to go is the um, GTE program. 
and BMW has just put a bunch of drivers on the street because they've just dropped their WAC program. So they've got nine drivers who have got previous experience in the car, more than Chaz Mostert, who are looking for gigs. Yep. Simply put, too many drivers, not enough seats. Yep. He is... Uh, we'll do this next one we'll first. Uh, motorsport.com AVL again uh, says that Chaz is off to play with the soccer team alright so I had some good intel during the week through one of my other sources WAU aka the soccer team have lost six key engineers in the last three months they are jumping ship like you would not believe at the soccer team so there's a fair bit of talk that Chaz and his engineer his name again? That's, That's Debore. Debore. Yes, thank you. Adam Debore. There is fairly strong talk that Chaz and Adam Debore may be heading off to the soccer team to take the vacancy that will come up when James Courtney goes and plays with the new Peter Adderton Racing after he buys it off Gary Rogers. Buy or sell, gentlemen? I believe that they'll, se- they'll try, yeah. but I doubt that he'll take it you sell that i sell i sell him taking it right so you want to jump into the your yeah. reason why well so when you're at winton when yeah when i was win, at winton a little bit more in intel that i accumulated yep i've heard that there's a drive at triple eight has already been offered to him guaranteed ga- basically guaranteed yep, yep. which but, is interesting because buy or sell do you buy or sell oh whether he'll take it yeah i think I've also heard that he wants a drive with with DJR. That that's so, where he wants to be because he wants to be at the front and he wants to win now. He wants to be fast now. Yeah. Righto. So he's going to get that in a DJR Mustang, isn't he? Yeah. So the big question is, Warbs, did, did DJR go three cars? No. Did DJR shed one of their two drivers? No. I don't believe either of that. I believe that Chaz will string along Walkinshaw because if he can't get a seat where he wants to go, he'll just take the money. Because they're going to be offering him absolute shed loads. They're two years into the WAU deal coming together. Yep. Andretti and Zach Brown have had lots and lots of time to look at what's going on. And they can see what's working and what isn't. Clearly, they need to do a wholesale clean out of the engineering and just start again. Because it's not working. That puts him on a three-year deal yep. with 18 months before he's competitive. I don't buy it. You're he right, wants to be quick right now you're, and you're, be winning a championship in the next okay, year Okay, but do you remember when Lewis Hamilton went to Mercedes and we went, what an idiot, and then look what happened. Do you remember when Dan Ricciardo went to Renault for a lot of money and we're going, fucking still what an idiot. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah, well, you, shouldn't have, is, you shouldn't have brought Lewis But up. the fact is... He wants he to be quick now. There's okay. only two places he can go. No, because I don't believe Red Bull's coming back anytime soon. I disagree. All right, so let's throw Erebus into the mix. No. No. Erebus has two drivers. So Betty's got Betty and Barry Ryan, two good drivers working really well together, but they've got a quick car. Chaz had upset the balance because he put his hand out for too much money. Number one, I don't think they can afford him because allegedly they're on like five or six million a year, which is peanuts. They're only spending. A two-car team. Yeah, they're only spending five. I reckon he's going to triple A. Plus, why do they need Chaz Mostert? They've got Dave Reynolds. Yeah, correct. Yep. Um, so there's only there's only a certain amount of places. I'd argue DJR Team Penske doesn't need Chaz. They've got Scotty. Now, if he goes to NASCAR, that's a different deal. But I don't buy the fact that he's going to NASCAR. Right. Triple Eight doesn't need him. But Triple Eight has always had two. Has yeah. always historically had two quick drivers. They've got Van and Gisbergen. They don't need anyone else. Although, admittedly, Van Gisbergen's disappeared this year, which is another problem. But mm. they always want 
two quick drivers. WAU, WAU development driver has a lot of money. Long time, never. WAU exactly. WAU has a history of spending shitloads of money On the to get the things. talent they want. But the fact is, Zach Brown and Andretti, mm-hmm. they're two years in. They've either got to double down and start winning and start making the commercial proposition line up, or, or they've bi- got to get out or bail out. So let's think about Triple Eight. Based on the strong probability that Roland joins the Gang of Four and is no longer in control at Triple Eight, Wincup has already bought a stake in Triple Eight. Wincup's bought, being given, doesn't matter. Wincup has a financial yeah, has stake, a in, stake AAA. in Triple Eight. He's so, getting ready so to get out. So well, does Dumbrell, and he's so, pissed off. Yeah, but hang on, but that's because yeah, Dumbrell's busy. I mean, doing get other out things. of racing. But if Wincup doesn't go well this year. Leave on a high. Exactly. Leave on a high. Go into team management because Roland won't be able to have any hands-on involvement with the team. Mm, yeah. and, there, and there's a spare seat. But the, I mean, Winkup, what do you mean if he has a terrible season? He's been shocking this year. Well, that's because um, he only rebounds on two springs, not one. In one word answer, sound engineer, where is Chaz going to be in 2020? Triple A. Warbster? Money wins. Walkinshaw. I reckon he's going to stay where he is with a big eight more cash. Is that's, that... that's the one we didn't explore the option of. Well, yeah. But, I mean, I'm basing that on Triple the whole nine. Hyundai TCR drive falling through and just the fact that... I don't see that him staying at... Tri- at um, Tickford. Tickford. Tickford, thank you. I was going to say PRA. That's okay. Um, Glen Seaton Racing. That's the one, yeah. I don't see him staying at Tickford because the, he's been there He's been there forever. And he's yep. not... But you look if at it was Tickford gonna work, this year. If, he was gonna wor- if it was going to work, it would have by now. And it hasn't. Nah, but you look at Tickford this year, there's there's a big change well, between yeah, Tickford because, this year yeah, and Tickford last year. Because they've got the mousetrap. Well, yeah. But yeah. they're, still, sl- but they're, they're still slow with the best mousetrap. Yeah. They're still behind DJRTP. But That's they don't not have the engineering change. of t- And they're the going DJ. back to what they were trying to do last year with the Falcon, which didn't bloody work. Mm. They're going further and further away from the DJR stuff. Yep. You know, you'd think the DJR stuff works because Scotty seems to be able to make it happen. Yep. And so and the Fabs is the Renaissance man. Well, that rounds that one out. We're going to head to an ad. Is that Tim? So we need to go safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags. Anytime, anywhere, one, three cabs will get you there. Anytime, anywhere, one, three cabs will get you there. G'day, folks. It's Fabian Coulthard from the one, three fabs supercar taxi service. You might notice that I'm currently sitting second in the championship, bro. That's because after four rounds, I was taking the advice of my bro, Jakey the Muss. Too much weight, not enough speed work. The biggest problem I've got for the Mustang Supercar Taxi in 2019, bro, is a different kind of center of gravity problem. I can't fit none of these big fat coconuts in the back seat, bro. Oh, bro, I'm not gonna fit in the back of this thing, bro. It's tiny. Bro. I gotta move the seat forward to get in the ba- Dude, there's no way I'm fitting through that gap, eh, bro? It's alright, bro, bro, bro. Take chill pill. You're too fat for my race car anyway. I'll call you an Uber. Hey, cuz. So when you need to get somewhere faster, don't forget, call one free Fabs Mustang Supercar Taxis, bro. Because we're gonna win the championship even if Roland keeps getting the rules changed. Hey, cop that, bro. Anytime, anywhere. One, three cabs will get you there. Welcome back to the Racing Cast, and we've just heard the 2019 version of the 13 Fab Supercar Taxi Service. And uh, a big shout out to Fabian Coulthard for signing a deal for 2020 with DJR Team Penske. 
And now, let's throw it over to the Warbster for this edition of... You know what really grinds my gears? People in the 19th century. Why don't they get with the freaking program? It's called an automobile, folks. It's much faster than a horse. Oh, fuck you! What grinds your gears? Something that's been bothering me for quite some time is the gimmickry, the bastardization of racing. All in the name of the show. Is that code for motortainment? That may well be code for motortainment, but it doesn't motortain me, mate. I'm not going to go on at, at length about all of the stuff that's gone on. But you have a situation where every single category is just paralyzed by this necessity of we've got to entertain people we've got to have passing on every corner we've got to have everybody winning we've got to have everybody up front we've got to have everybody down the back it's a bunch of crap you look at the great moments in motor racing history what's one of the greatest moments in formula one history that you can recall 1979 french grand prix dso 1979 french grand prix what happened i can't remember Villeneuve Arnoux, some of the most balls out racing I have ever seen. And I wasn't around back then, but I've seen it on the replay. They were into the side of each other. They were off the track. They were on the track. They were all over the place. They were all over each other. It was hard, shoulders out, balls out racing for the last 10 laps of the race. Nobody remembers Jean-Pierre Jabouille won the first turbo win for the Renault, the first Grand Prix win for the Renault since 1906, all anyone remembered was that battle. And it wasn't because necessarily of the action, although the action helped us, because it was so rare. I've said a lot about the two dogs humping rule, and I think motor racing's going down that line. If everything is shock, if everything is controversy, if everything is taken out of all proportion and bastardized and fucked about with in order to entertain the fair weather fans hardcore guys like me aren't there anymore totally agree and it's this year with the parody crap that we've been on and on about mm. and the constant ever-evolving changes to the rule book that you know mid mid-season mid-stream race to race differences it's shit mm. it is nothing but shit Write a set of rules and stick to the rules. And what about Formula One, where we've had this thing between the technology and the entertainment aspect, and that's been a, something they've been juggling with since oh, the mid-90s at least. Mm. And I've completely switched off Formula One. I don't, even, I don't know what's going on anymore. I don't care. I've just lost interest because it's not a sporting competition anymore. You've no. got these DRS zones. Another one. Oh, yeah. It's Another one. Mark Webber's pass on Fernando Alonso... Into Eau Rouge yeah. in 10 or 11? Or yep. No, it wasn't that. It was a bit later than that. 12, 13. Yep. People will know what I'm talking about. Okay. Completely balls out move down the inside of Eau Rouge, which became the outside as he's coming up the hill. Mm -hmm. Completely ballsy move. Like, no one would have attempted it if they didn't have Fernando Alonso beside them because you can guarantee with Vettel, with Verstappen, with just about anyone else, they wouldn't come out the other side. And what happened two laps later? Fernando Alonso did his DRS. So where is the merit in this? Motor racing has been a meritocracy since day one. Motor racing did perfectly fine for the first hundred years of its existence without this insistence upon the show, this insistence upon having everybody equal, having everybody with a chance to win the race. NASCAR did it. 
and it worked for two or three years and then everyone got sick of it and got bored of it because it was clearly being fabricated. Everybody left. And then what? NASCAR attendances have plummeted ever since. They're probably never going to recover. Uh, it absolutely will never recover to the heights they had. So what's happening with Formula One? Formula One's spectators numbers are dwindling. Therefore, so, revenues are dwindling. And People t- like me have lost interest. Absolutely. And TV is tipping uh, is tipping over or in terms of the, the value of media multimedia packages mm. so you, you what basically what these sports are doing is or what these branches of the sports are, are doing is saying i want my short-term gain for my long-term loss because once the loyal fans like me who i've been a formula one fan since birth and i've given up that's 35 years of investment gone and i'm pretty sure i'm not the only one and you're gonna have to work bloody hard to get me back because i know what it's like when the thing was a sport and i will not accept second best motortainment let's see what happens with supercars because i can guarantee if the place keeps being run by marketers it won't be here in 10 years so that's let's uh let's dovetail off that warbster let's talk about the gang of four Mm. will they go back to motor racing Yes, I think they will. Well, I think two of them are just there as money people and they're not really going to be on the sporting side of the situation. Paul Morris has said a lot of things on um, Dude and Enforcer that um, give me hope that he's into elbows out motor racing. Possibly veers a little bit too much on the NASCAR side of things for my liking at times, but the basics are there. Roland Dane is a racer at the end of the day. Um, Don't give in to the public perception. He's not actually a bad bloke, and he's got the true interest of the sport at heart. Yeah, that's the best compliment you've ever paid me. And it's the only one you'll ever get, so evaluate it while you've got it. In the end, motor racing can only appeal to a certain section of the population. Going after mass market never works. You've got to build the base organically by nurturing subsequent generations. And we can talk about ticket prices. We can talk about everything else. But if the on-screen product and the on-track product isn't real, people will see through it. Yep, and people absolutely. don't like being bullshitted. That should be about enough of our bullshit. Yes. Somewhere back in the last 25 seconds, I may have started playing our outro music by uh, Melbourne funk band Lake Minnetonka. Thanks, guys. This has been episode 25. So, I've got a bit of a confession to make. Yeah. I think I need to stay the social media DSO, because if I don't, the bastards win. Oh,